Hey everybody, welcome once again to the Raincoat Report. I'm Boss here with Jeremy. Hey, what's up? Uh, and we are once again here to take you through the world of uh, erotic cinema from yeah. the past. Right, yeah, the wide world of erotic cinema. This is Ooh. our second episode now. Yes. Uh, we made it through the first one okay. Yeah, everything seemed, everything's intact. Uh we're both better off for the experience. I think that after getting through the very first episode, I feel like we're professionals, or at least professional amateurs. Yeah, we're picking it up as we're putting it down. We're learning all the time. Uh, just can't burp into the microphone the whole time. That's uh, that's one thing we've learned. That's one thing I learned. You can't just uh, flick a lighter the entire time either. It'll, it really picks it up. But anyway, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, another fine film. Uh, okay, yeah, that's typically not great for the microphones as well. Just Yeah. Um, <clears throat> neither is that. They no. throat clearing. Yeah, we're doing great. Uh, <laughs> so, well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and take a, a step back here. Okay. Uh, now that we've gotten through one episode and mm -hmm. we've kind of uh, established a bit of a, a format, which will probably evolve a bit over time. Yeah, it's changing right now, even <laughs> as we go. Uh, yeah, we've established a format. Do you feel uh, more comfortable in your role as a podcast host? Uh, yeah, I think I get it now. Um, it's pretty easy. Do you think you'll uh, listen to a podcast ever? Um, I'm going to say yes. Yes? Yeah. All right. You heard it here first, guys. Yeah, I'm going to actually listen to one of these things and hear what it's supposed to sound like. Are you, gonna, are you only going to listen to ours? Uh, probably. All right. Well, at least we have that. Uh, I just got to, you know, got to learn from my mistakes, I guess. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Today we're, as uh, I believe Jeremy's already said, we're mm -hmm. going to go ahead and dig into another film. Mm -hmm. um, but before we dig into all of that, let's talk about some dang old psychology. Psychology? Do you know anything about psychology, boss? Um, I know a little bit. I definitely took a psychology class in community college. Yeah, I dabbled a little bit. A little community college, a little, uh, little regular college. Um, you know, I've met a lot of people who are like a majoring in psychology. Um, Did they seem like they knew what they were talking about? They imparted some wisdom upon me that I soon discarded. Um... <laughs> But really, for the most part, psychology is basically just, you know, the magic of the brain and its various uh, components and chemicals and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's the study of the psyche, just like in um, ancient Greece. Ancient Greece? Yeah. The study of the psyche like in ancient Greece. Yeah, that's not quite what they did. I mean, they um, did a lot of things. Yeah, I'm really going. There's off. a lot of there's a lot of nude wrestling. Yeah, which is its own. It's psychosexual. It involves the mind and the dick, and that's really what we're focused on here tonight. Are the the psychosexual implications 
of therapy. Yes, and no, that's uh, not quite it. Well, I think that one of the <laughs> one of the things that we're going to be getting into tonight on uh, the raincoat report yep. is uh, you should probably not uh, try to learn about psychology through adult films. Yeah. There's a lot of bad psychology in adult films, not just the one we're talking about tonight. Just in general. um, You know, they're just made by dirty guys doing their dirty business. So, (laughs) you know, you just got to think, you got to get in that mindset when you're watching these films. You can't put it through uh, like a serious feminist lens or it's all going to start falling apart. Yeah. Any real uh, like framework. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't just involve straight dudes uh, trying to make money. Is just the whole thing's shit show. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, You know, there's there's definitely a uh, big discussion to be had about looking at these films with the the lens of 2020 versus the lens of 1971. Oh yeah. Uh, There's a lot of differences between. uh, you know what? Uh, what's found uh, societally uh, acceptable then versus yeah. now? Um, we have HIPAA now that would probably <laughs> stop a lot of these things from happening. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, uh, you know, back then the brain science in the seventies was real primitive. It was really primitive, and uh, certainly people making movies about brain science probably weren't quite as informed as they would be now even you know based on just, com- just community college you know we right. got it we got it now they had it then but the brain sciences finally caught up to where it needs to be finally yeah it's finally we're there we've unpuzzled the mysteries of the human brain but we're not going to talk about this because it's not joe rogan <laughs> <laughs> no uh it's not uh but we, it is the Raincoat Report. It is. And for that reason, we will be talking about uh, an adult film. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like, like we've been dancing around, uh, this film in particular is framed by a uh, conversation between a uh, patient and a therapist. Mm-hmm. And uh, the particular uh, psychology surrounding their uh, sessions is not quite up to snuff with, uh, you yeah, know... It's not. It's definitely not recommended <laughs> by uh, any of the major psychiatric uh, associations in this country, or probably any others except, I don't know, I would say... Somewhere in Eastern Europe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's that's probably pretty fair. Yeah. So, uh, what we're talking about tonight is Altar of Lust, which is a 1971 film by Roberta Finley. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we said, it's the sort of film that really tries to dig deep into psychology, and there there might be you know a hint of just trying to uh you know sound smart in here but once you start listening to the questions that the therapist asks and especially his uh particular methods for uh trying to get results it becomes clear pretty quickly that uh this guy probably shouldn't be licensed yeah uh 
But uh, we definitely need to suspend them if it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, um, you know, in the 1970s, I'm not sure how much. Oh no, they were oversight just... there was. None. 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 All right, you've heard it here first on the Raincoat Report. Uh, there was no psychological oversight in the 1970s. They just let you do whatever you want. You would just take a bunch of teenage boys and say, you're a prison guard now, boy. Um, <laughs> and then you're like, take their underwear, de-louse them. And then he would, they would just do it. And they, people would applaud that sort of thing. And they're like, all right, well, we're doing that. Uh, shock all the gays. That'll work. That's a good one we came up with. Um, what else do we got? Uh, if you're left-handed... Beat it out of him. Oh yeah, that was a good one. My yeah. uh, my stepdad was left-handed and went to Catholic school. Yeah, and they would just slap his wrists with rulers until he wrote with his right hand. So yeah. now he writes with his right hand, but does everything else with his left hand. Yeah, and it's all it all just leads to one thing, and that's uh, you know, it's psychological damage. It's called trauma. Trauma. Yeah. Trauma is definitely one of the uh, key... It's a key theme, I would say. Yes, key theme of uh, Altar of Lust. So we're going to go ahead and dig into that here in a moment. Uh, So let's go ahead and get the show on the road here. We'll be right back. We made love gently but passionately. Our two bodies were as one. I loved Don with all my heart. All unpleasant and tormenting fears of the past vanished when we joined each other in conjugal union. In preparation for this week's episode, I listened to an episode of the Rialto Report podcast uh, where Roberta Finley was interviewed um, and talked a bit about her career, her background, and uh, some of the films that she made. Roberta Finley is uh, kind of a legendary figure in both exploitation and uh, actual uh, adult film. Mm -hmm. Um, She and her husband, Michael, uh, were part of a a group in the late 60s who really innovated on the exploitation films of the time. in particular, ones that combined kind of sex and violence into their uh, dirty little stories. Yeah. When looking at the history of adult films, one of the things that we have to be mindful of is the timeline. Uh, Altar of Lust, the film that we're talking about tonight, was from 1971. When we really start seeing the rise of uh, hardcore films is 72, but... By 71, there were hardcore films out there. Um, there just hadn't been this huge porn boom that happened you know, later on in 72 or so. Um, in the mid to late 60s, we, there were hardcore loops being made, which you know were just uh, short films of like 10 minutes or so that uh, you could see in a, in a peep show or uh, in, as a, like a, a stag film at eight, eight or 16 millimeter. But for the most part, when it came to things that were playing theatrically, what you were seeing more of were what are called now sexploitation films. 
Um, sexploitation films, you would start to see nudity in them and sexual activity, but you wouldn't see anything explicitly. These were softcore films yeah. versus hardcore films. In the mid-60s is when uh, Michael Finley started making uh, sexploitation-type films, and at the time he was uh, married to Roberta Finley, mm -hmm. who is uh, our more direct subject tonight. Mm -hmm. Uh, Roberta Finley grew up as part of a Jewish-Hungarian family in the southeast Bronx. Uh, she actually played piano from age four or five and ended up in college at the age of 15 yeah. and met Michael at age 16. And then she started off just doing like the music for his films, um, yes. kind of helping with that kind of thing. Yeah, in fact, what was happening uh, mm -hmm. when they first met was... Michael, before he was making films, uh, was part of kind of a film club, and they were showing silent films, like right. old I classic silent a, films. I think I read a little bit about that, and they kind of stepped off and started their own little club from the main club or something. Something like that. Something like that. There's a, but uh, one, of the, one of the key things is they were playing old films like, uh, like D.W. Griffith films right. and everything else. And... Uh, you know, those were actually silent films, yeah. and there weren't recorded scores for those films, right. so you would so. have somebody play along with it. And Roberta started uh, started her relationship mm -hmm. professionally with Michael uh, playing piano for his uh, silent film exhibitions. Right. Uh, one of the funny things about that was that at the time, they didn't realize that you could actually get the uh, scores, like the actual sheet <laughs> music from it. Yeah. Uh, you could get those scores at the Museum of Modern Art and rent them. But they didn't realize that. No. So she was just improvising whatever she had in her repertoire. Or not so much rep, uh, improvising, but just right. taking those those uh, pieces that she had in her repertoire Kinda. and playing them along with the films. Trying to throw in things that she thought fit the narrative and such, but she actually said she wasn't very good at improvising, so she was just playing the things that she knew about. <laughs> and so she was going to uh, she was going to college at the time, uh, City College in New York, specifically for their music program and getting a degree in music. She ended up moving in with Michael Finley at age 16. Yeah. And her family was not very pleased with that. Um, she thought that they would have a problem with it because uh, Michael was Catholic and she was Jewish. But yeah. the bigger issue was that she was being distracted and kind of pulled away from her career as a pianist that they kind of had in mind for her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, they ended up getting married at 18. Uh, and she didn't really want to get married. But uh, Michael's mother insisted because they were a Catholic family. And sure. while she wasn't crazy about her son marrying a Jewish woman, she would rather them get married than live in sin, so to speak. Yeah. So through the mid and late 60s, Michael particularly was big, was, uh, you know, getting started as a filmmaker and... Uh, making exploitation films of his own. Mm -hmm. There's one film in particular called Satan's Bed. Oh, yeah? Um, there was, it was a, a film that had been created called uh, Judas City that had nothing to do with Michael, mm -hmm. but uh, the producers who bought Judas City decided that they wanted to 
add some uh, some softcore footage to it right. to spice it up and make it more exploitative. Um, so they uh, they bought it and Michael directed some extra scenes and they released it as Satan's Bed. Uh, this was a uh, a starring vehicle for Yoko Ono. Oh, great! Uh, um, so that's a oh, notable piece of the history there. She was in the softcore stuff. Uh, I don't know. Yoko was in the original <laughs> film, uh, and the stuff that uh, Michael shot was uh, the softcore stuff. They couldn't get her back for it. She was off fucking around with John Lennon. I guess so. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, Roberta Finley was. The timeline uh, adds up, maybe. Yeah, that's probably about the right timeline. <laughs> Uh, Roberta was in the film credited as Girl Tied to Pool Table. Okay. So in, in those scenes that Michael had shot. Right. Um, stand in Yoko. Stand in Yoko. Yeah. Michael Michael's uh, most popular thing from this period was the Flesh Trilogy. Oh, yeah. With, um, yes. Yes. Uh, which is a series of three exploitation films. uh We'll probably talk about it at some point. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think we'll dig into those after, further later after on. After seeing this one, I kind of want to see like where it all came from. Right. <laughs> so on those films, uh, there were uh, there are various places that credited Roberta on them for various things, but <laughs> she said she had nothing to do with them. She was around because Michael was shooting them, and some of it got shot in their home, even. But <laughs> she. Uh, she didn't really have anything specifically to do with it. One of the things that people thought about Michael was that he was kind of troubled at the time, and his films were full of sex and violence. Um, <laughs> Roberta said that even at her young age, she felt that if Michael wasn't making these films, he might be in jail for doing these things to real women. So... Um, Roberta described him as a serial killer who made films instead of killing people. So that kind of shows what Michael was kind of like. Um, Roberta felt he was a bit misogynistic because oh, he hated yeah. his mother and, uh, you know, and, and just women in general. Oh, yeah. So if we skip forward a bit, uh, Roberta and Michael have this kind of weird relationship and eventually Roberta ends up leaving Michael, but never actually got divorced from him. Right, still separation. Uh, she kind of said that she didn't feel like it was his fault. She just didn't want to be with him anymore and ran away, basically. Right. She uh, found another guy and moved in with him. Apparently at the time, Michael went mad, smashed a TV. She, He was kind of falling apart at the time. She felt kind of guilty about it. She didn't see him for months afterwards. So, Alan Shackleton was a producer at the mm -hmm. time. And she started a relationship with uh, Alan Shackleton, both professionally and personally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, she said it was an intense relationship for a bit. And he wanted to get married at some point, but she didn't. Uh, they didn't live together. She kinda, but she thought he was really smart. She kind of likes to like uh, shit where she eats, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> that might uh, be. Yeah, I've always tried to avoid that um, in my life, but it worked out for Roberta. I mean, she made a movie. She made at least one. She made Lurkers, didn't she? 
she did make Lurkers. That was much, much later. But yes, yeah, she absolutely did. Two classics under the belt. So maybe uh, do shit where you eat. <laughs> so, for um, so once she was dating Alan, <laughs> Alan financed a series of films for a few thousand dollars each, and she took a flat fee on each one as payment. Alan wasn't on board with uh, filming hardcore films, so the films that Roberta made for Alan were mm-hmm. softcore films. Uh, is this one of those? Uh, Altar of Lust was the first of these films. Okay, that's what I was thinking. This was her first like independent, non-Michael-related film. Right. Okay. Um, so this... Uh, the This and a few of the early films, at least, uh, was... Made without any sound recording, which is kind of obvious when you see it. Yeah. Uh, She really liked this, though. You know, she was making films for a few thousand dollars each and taking on various roles in it. She particularly enjoyed the photography and the lighting part of it. She said that the worst part was actually cutting the negative itself, working with the film and all of that. Yeah. One of the things that she talked about was that she was not really into uh, the hardcore films as much, even though she would go on to make several of them. Um, She said she didn't have a moral problem with them or anything like that, but she found the films to be gross, uh, mostly because of the actual, uh, the physical act of filming people having sex. I could Uh, see where that might become an unpleasant job. Right. Um, did she? I read about someone. I, it might have been her. Correct me. Did she like let other people direct the hardcore segments, or um, she did? On I, I can think of at least one time that okay. she did. Because I was thinking that I, I read that uh, on the film, specifically the film Mascara, mm-hmm. uh, which is one that we will probably visit sometime in the future. Cool. She had uh, Ron Sullivan or. Henri Pichard uh, direct the sex scenes while she directed the actual narrative scenes. She said that she didn't want to do that again afterwards just because of the cost of everything. Yeah. And having to pay an extra person to do all of that. Um, But the results were pretty good for what it's worth. Okay, well, we'll check out Mascara sometime soon. Yeah, Mascara is something we'll visit in the near future for sure. So... What we're going to talk about tonight is uh, Altar of Lust, so let's go ahead and get into that. Alright, let's take it, take it away, pal. Alright, so once again, this week's uh, film is Altar of Lust from 1971, directed by Roberta Finley, as we were just talking about. Let's go ahead and dive right into this. Uh, The film opens with a woman on a red therapist's couch. Um, This is her first time seeing this particular psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the first things that you notice, or at least that I notice, was that every time somebody's talking, we don't see their face, and that's because this was 
shot without sound, and the soundtrack was uh, added later. Yeah, dubbed by uh, Roberta and... Did Michael do the dubbing? Yeah, Michael did the dubbing of the therapist? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, Roberta did the dubbing for Vivica, our main character. Vivica played by the amazingly named Erotica Lantern. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I noticed on IMDb this was the second of three credits that she had. Uh, In the first film, she had a credit on IMDb for Mm -hmm. she's listed as uncredited, so she didn't actually get her name credited on the film. Right. And then her third credit, it just says that she was only credited for that third film, so... Who, who knows what that is? So this is definitely Erotica Lantern's uh, big, uh, so big breakout break. role. Yeah. The only... that broke out nowhere. <laughs> yeah, she went back to fucking doing, just being a janitor or whatever you would do. It's, it's the 70s. She's probably... Yeah, she went out and was burnt her bra and took off with uh, the weather underground and became a terrorist, I believe. <laughs> Uh, you know, once again, new information presented <laughs> on the Raincoat Report. We've got it all figured out now. Yeah. It's not all verified, but, you know, I'm pretty good at putting the pieces together. So, it's basically real. So, yeah, Vivica, played by Erotica Lantern, future terrorist. Yep. Um, so, uh, and of course, the uh, the psychiatrist we're speaking of is dr rogers whose name we discover later played mm-hmm. by fred j lincoln Damn, yeah. yeah uh so anyway uh vivica tells her story that her mother had just died and she was uh, living on an estate with her stepfather hans yeah hans she believed that her stepfather had caused her mother's death, although it wasn't really specified how. No, they didn't go into it. She had said that her father had died when she was 14 and left it, the mansion that she lived on and money to her mother. And her mother remarried shortly after to Hans. Uh, she believes that Hans married her mother only for money, and after her mother died, she found out how bad Hans really was. When, um, he, when he rapes her. Right. Not to bury the lead here. Yeah. Very direct. She felt that she couldn't really understand what her mother, how her mother could have feelings for him. Yeah. So the therapist asked her about her feelings for Hans. Uh, the therapist says, perhaps, Miss Hansen. You were afraid of your own feelings towards Hans. You were at a primal sexual stage in your development. Were you jealous of your mother? That's ridiculous, Vivica says. So we all we get to see our first uh, glimpse behind the curtain at Doctor Rogers' strange, uh, strange uh, line of logic here. Yeah, his um, excellent bedside manner. <laughs> Uh, Vivica says that Hans beat her mother to submission, that he was loathsome. Uh, And then says, I'll have to tell you, since you're a psychiatrist, about the very last day I saw this vile creature and the things he did to me. So we get a flashback here, and she's walking around a creek and enjoying herself, uh, wearing a red dress and white knee-high boots, as people do when they're walking through a creek. Yeah. Hiking Uh, gear. Hiking gear. (laughs) 
Uh, she walks, and we see her. Uh, we see in the background of the scene of her walking past some uh, trees, a man standing there. And uh, after she walks by, he walks out without her seeing it. And then uh, Vivica notes that Hans was following her. So this is Hans that's yeah creeping out of the trees. Yeah, yeah. In case you were having trouble following, it's Hans. Uh, I could see he wanted my body. He always wanted it, but he had waited until my mother died. And then the psychiatrist says, and you had no wish to give up your virginity? <laughs> to which Vivica answers, no, never, not to him. So we get the scene now uh, where Hans grabs her and throws her down on the ground. Mm -hmm. Vivica says, I had to give in or be beaten to a pulp. Yeah. He's not, it's pretty, it's played pretty lightly, I think, for the most part. It's yeah. not a real, I guess cause it's not hardcore, it's not really super rapey. So, uh, here's, here's a moment that we can take to yeah. talk about, a little bit about film history here. Sure. This kind of falls more into the uh, exploitation or sexploitation right. film uh, genre than, you know, the hardcore porn genre. Yeah. I mean... Literally because it's not hardcore, but also it's just kind of following more of the template of these really cheap exploitation mm -hmm. films. And one of the things that we start to see at the end of the 80s, and really uh, a lot of it was probably kind of foretold by Michael Finley's own Flesh films, mm -hmm. is the rise of the mix of sex and violence in films. Yeah. And... What we see a lot of in, especially the 70s, we see a lot less of it in the 80s. Yeah. We see it here and there. But we see a lot of weird rape things in the 70s porn. Yeah. Not everything, but a lot. And mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, it's just a really easy way to mix sex and violence and check those things off of the yeah. list, I guess. Or sex and comedy, depending on who you are <laughs> doing it. Just, you know... Just pull it out of your old director's bag of writer's bag of tricks. Get a rape scene in there. It's basically like a, just a transition. <laughs> well, I think it is used kind of in, in a lot of these films. Just kind of like, well, of course we're going to throw in the rape scene. Yeah, the, the crowd, the audience wants it. <laughs> We've done a lot of extensive uh, focus groups. Every time they say two things. We want stepdaughters. We want rape. And Roberta Finley heard that. I guess so. <laughs> so, um, that is something that we see a lot less as we get later into the 70s and into the 80s. Um, but we still see it even up to and including today. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of the tasteful or tastelessness of these scenes comes down to the way that they're put together. Yeah. I would, see that the, I would say that the scene in this film... It's not very graphic or brutal, mm. uh, but I would also say that it benefits from the fact that it's not played up to be erotic. Yeah. Like, it's not designed to make you feel, like, uh, super aroused by it. Yeah, it's not time It to is kind of a vile action, and it's played up as one, but it's also not super brutal and... 
I would I would say that it's still kind of uncomfortable, but it's not like uh, I have to take a shower after it. Brutal. I think a lot of what's uncomfortable is watching this man's tiny ass uh, just flex and disappear into his body. <laughs> a lot of that that drove home the repulsiveness to me. <laughs> so. Um... The therapist asks her, did you have or feel any sexual excitement with him? Uh, Vivica says, I hated him. I wanted to kill him. I wished he would die. Uh, Hans rips Vivica's dress and pulls it off and pulls down her panties. He gets on top, bites her nipple, and gives her a very unconvincing slap. I'm noted that this was shot pretty chaotically. There's a lot of, a lot of bouncing camera and stuff. Yeah. It's not eroticized. Um, he keeps feeling on her breasts and then works his way down her body, kisses her on the face while she turns her head to avoid it. Um, at first he's on top of her sitting over her chest and he unbuckles his belt while he gives her more unconvincing slaps. He slides back down, pulls down his pants, and then mounts her. So, he's doing a lot of, uh, chest kissing. Uh, because this is softcore, we're really not seeing much. But I was drawn to notice a either a bug bite or a pimple on his ass. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a bug bite on um, Vivica's chest too. Because I was watching it with my friend, and she was like, "Is that a third nipple?" So we kind of <laughs> paused to look. I think they're they probably shot it in the summer in like New York. They probably got ate up a little bit being out there rolling around. Yeah, especially fields. rolling around in the grass and everything yeah, else. Yeah, that's kind of what happened when I made, we made the movie last year. Right. You just made me, lathered me up in butter, and then I could just <laughs> lay out here in the yard for a while. And that's, the, that's how I got all those bug bites. Well, hey, uh, you're welcome. Yeah, it's art. That's how art works. Art's yeah. hard. I'm a new erotica lantern. You I'm really a, are. I'm a new Hans, honestly, if you saw me, like, just physically, <laughs> definitely more of a Hans. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that would be, could go on. So we see this going on for a bit, probably too long since we can't see anything, and we just see his butt flexing and, like you said, kind of just disappearing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he ends up having a sweaty, disgusting orgasm Ooh. and then collapsing on her before getting up, pulling up his pants, and walking away. We continue the conversation with Vivica and her therapist. She said that the thought of men became abhorrent to me, and I knew that I must leave this place and never return. Mm -hmm. The therapist assures her not all men were like her stepfather, uh, that he was sick. So Sick man, that Hans. She came to this country to forget. Where was she from again? Sweden. Sweden? Yeah. That's right. She came from Sweden. I didn't note that, but that's a, that's yeah. a not terribly important plot point. She's very blonde. That's how you know she's Swedish. Right. And she yeah. talks like a Hungarian Jewish woman. So Yeah. She sounds like Rhea Perlman. <laughs> um, yeah. So she fled Sweden to come here and marry Danny DeVito. That's... That's how it happened. That's basically and the then, plot uh, of the film up until... You can just skip ahead till after she marries Danny DeVito. And then basically it's Matilda after that. Uh, I don't think so. Was Rhea Perlman in Matilda with Danny she, DeVito? 
I believe. I think they were married they in that were, movie, right? Yes. Okay. But it's not like this movie. No, it it really isn't. It, this movie doesn't. They don't become a famous acting duo. Um, uh, okay, so yeah, Vivica came to this country to forget and try to meet a good young man and have a family. So. We flash back to when she first comes to the country. She's walking down the streets of New York. She dropped a piece of paper, and a guy picked it up for you. Yeah. He was a young and handsome man named Don. Yeah. Don is played by the incomparable Harry Reams. Yeah. Uh, this is pre-mustache Harry Reams. Yeah, he's hard to identify without the mustache. Harry Reams is best identified by his mustache and his penis. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyway, Vivica (laughs) says, We fell in love immediately, and for the first time in my life, I was happy. So we see them by a creek or lake, fully nude, walking together on rocks on the bank. He, being Don, leads her into the grass, and they get down on their knees and start making out. She lays on the ground, they tongue-kiss heavily, and he starts massaging her breasts and licking nipples, and he runs his hands all over her body. He uh, starts fingering her and mounts her missionary. We made love gently but passionately. Passionately, Our two bodies were as one. I loved Dawn with all my heart. All unpleasant and tormenting fears of the past vanished when we joined each other in conjugal union. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, very fancy words put in the scripts. She really imbued it with... uh literary pretensions there so from here the humping continues yes Uh, i made note that there's lots of hairy butt crack here yeah missionary is bad for sex films especially softcore oh yeah definitely um the only upside is that harry reams actually has like a nice ass so if you have to watch it flex for a little bit you could definitely do worse we could be back to hans yeah, it's definitely it's definitely an upgrade from Hans. So yeah, I, I made a note that there was just a lot of male ass shot in this film, just from any guy on screen. Yeah, that that's that was the end of the line that I was reading notes from. Uh, <laughs> lots of man butt. Yeah, uh, which is good. You know, it doesn't always have to be about what the guy wants to see. Uh, you know, a lady directed it. She's like, oh, well, let's see some man butt. Let's give some juicy cheeks for the ladies this time. So he's he's going at her missionary on the ground. At mm-hmm. some point, he reaches under her and like puts his hand around her butt and lifts it up a bit. Yeah. Uh, then he holds one of her legs up and both of her legs up, and then eventually she gets on top and rides, which is a much better position for soft core sex. Yeah. So they figured that out in like the '90s on like Cinemax and stuff. They really had just decided we're going to focus on the writing and a lot more belly fucking instead of. Um, zooming in on that dude butt. Indeed. Yeah, different strokes, different times. So, uh, she rides him, he caresses her breasts, Mm -hmm. and then we kind of skip ahead here. We spent many weeks together, and the natural thing was to live together, so I moved into Don's apartment. We were terribly in love. We see, uh... Vivica and Don making out in a kitchen. Mm-hmm. Don is completely naked. She's in a nightgown. Uh, I noted that there was a plate with grapes sitting behind them. Yeah. The therapist says, "Did you ever think of Hans when you were living with Don?" <laughs> she says, "No, Doctor Rogers. We were extremely happy." 
So she puts a grape into Don's mouth, and he holds it in his teeth, and then he starts pushing it back into her mouth, and they push it back and forth, this grape, in between their mouths. I must have mentally blocked that out, <laughs> um, which I shouldn't have. That sounds beautiful. Uh, a moment of tenderness between two lovers. Rarely, uh, rarely, yeah. rarely seen on the screen. <laughs> it's something that can melt even your cold black heart. Yeah, that's true. Or frozen it's, ice cold heart. Yeah. I, I get. I'm missing. I'm mixing up my analogies here. My it, metaphors. It's okay. It's not in good shape. That's what the doctor said. <laughs> <laughs> your doctor said, "Let's just take it out." Yeah, he tried. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't take. No, it came back. Back. <laughs> <laughs> It, you took out your heart and it grew back. It crawled back, actually. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it got back. It went down my throat. Oh. Yeah, and just got back in there. Uh, so Vivica <laughs> says that I had a premonition there would be a disaster soon. It was all too perfect. So Don pulls off uh, Vivica's gown. Again, they were in the uh, kitchen there. So now they're both nude and uh, they make out some more. Yes. We made love to each other whenever and wherever we could. In the kitchen, in the shower, our passion for each other was endless. Our souls met upon the bare earth and we nurtured each other. We grew one out of the other. Tell me, Vivica, did you achieve orgasm with Dawn? Yes, all the time. So this is... This is our uh, therapist again. Yeah. Being very... Uh, professional, focusing on the real issues here. Getting to the core of her uh, psychosexual trauma. So, from here we see them making out and grinding in the shower. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, think the water is on in any of the shower scenes. I don't know. I actually, I, I don't think I was paying close enough attention. That's I, quite possible. I don't, at least in the second and the one later on in the film, I don't believe the water. No one looks like they're getting wet. They're just kind of lathering each other's dry bodies. <laughs> um, so in this scene, she's soaping up his dong. So there was, there had to have been water at some point, even yeah. if it was off camera. I think she had a sponge. That might be. Okay. Just a little sponge work. So she soaps up his dong. Uh, it looks like she's about to start blowing him at some point, but it's all covered in soap. Yeah. So she doesn't, but she keeps stroking him with soap, and I made a note that this is a bad idea. Yeah, that's uh, don't do that. Um, I can tell you from experience, if you've never done it before, if you've been like, if you've been thinking about it. For a while, if you leave it on there too long, it's going to get into your urethra, and it's going to come time to pee, and it's going to be one of the worst feelings of your life. Yeah, it's no fun. Yeah, it's uh, it really burns. It takes uh, a lot of the fun out of it, and I remember thinking as a, as a young man, dear God, what have I done? Why does this happen to me? <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right, so um, they're doing some heavy tongue kissing while she keeps stroking his dong with soap. Yeah. Then they move into a standing doggy position. I mm-hmm. made a note that the angle is all wrong for penetration. Yeah, no, but yeah, the angles don't add up. 
this is when I first made note of the music in the film. Yeah. Uh, I refer to it as fake CCR. Yeah, it's got like a little... It, they crank it. I think it goes a little harder than that. I think it's near some Grand Funk Railroad type stuff. Okay. But uh, it kind of wavers back and forth a little bit. It gets a little jam bandy, too. Yeah. There's a whole lot going on. I really think that maybe she just had a record she let play. Right. It might be like two or three different songs. Um, yeah. They it's definitely not just one song. It's a, it's a few songs, but only like two or three. Yeah, they don't credit whoever did the actual music or the, those songs. I'm going to try and trace them down. You, this, is, this is your calling in life. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to gonna do it i'm gonna get them a record deal i think they could have been you know they could have been as big as deep purple what is uh what is the name of that song that plays over and over again or or the line from the song Uh, it's just like since you've been gone oh yeah yeah um which if i try to type i would find so many different songs called since you've been gone i'm sure yeah, there was, uh, yeah, there have been several. I'm not even going to try. Uh, but yeah, the, the music is pretty, I mean, all the music's pretty good. Like, stuff with the bongos and everything and a lot of the other scenes and the, like, xylophones or whatever the hell she drug out. But uh, I was really entranced by the hard rock that was jamming anytime they're in an apartment. Yeah. Yeah. So he lays her down in the tub mm-hmm. and then fake mounts her. Yeah. Um, you can definitely see his penis at one point when it's supposed to be penetrating her, just kind of flopping there. Right. It's good. Music changes during this time at some point. So the therapist uh, in the office, we go back to them, asks if she pictured her real father when making love to Dawn. Um. Vivica says that she did love her father very deeply and was jealous of her mother. She didn't go any further into that. No. So we get to a new flashback. Yeah. Vivica reveals that Dawn had other girlfriends, but she didn't know about it. So we get a scene of a woman walking into a gaudy green and gold decorated living room. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's... <laughs> Walking in fully clothed, and Don is asshole naked on the couch, as I put it. Yeah, I don't think he has any clothing, actually. He... A little bit. Later on in the film, he has clothes. He has one outfit he uses to go places, but otherwise he's just naked. Yeah, I think he goes to a friend's party later. Yeah, he gets naked there, though. Eventually, yeah, Yeah. but he starts with clothes. Right, I guess he just has the one outfit. Yeah, that makes sense. From going to place to place. And I guess he had an outfit when he met her on the street. Yeah, like I said, just just outside. Uh, Inside, no clothes. That makes sense. Yeah, it's comfortable. Uh, Let's see. So, yeah, this woman walks into this awful-looking living room, and Mm -hmm. uh, Don undresses the woman. But, of course, she keeps on her knee-high, high-heel boots. Yeah. Vivica notes, how can someone you love be so cruel? So Don pulls the woman into his lap and makes out with her. Uh, Then he lays her on the floor and touches all over her, sucking on her nipples. Um, I noted that the music changed during this sequence to dreamy guitar. Yeah. Uh, Vivica says, I came home early one day. Obviously, Don wasn't expecting me. Then, so, 
and I don't know why this scene is this way, mm-hmm. but Vivica walks in and she notes that she went into another room at first and Dawn just continues to hump away. So, like, I don't know why she didn't just walk in on them. Just from a script perspective. Anyway. Yeah, uh, I don't know. There's no good reason for it. Uh, so anyway, she, then she says, and then I saw them. She notes, I thought of Hans. Um, and then the doctor gets like a real fucking boner. That's what he's been angling at this whole time. He's like, yeah. I love Hans. This, I think this therapist is the type of therapist that like jumps to a conclusion right away. Right. And then just keeps trying to push it over and over again. He read a couple pages of like Freud at community college and he's like, that's my calling is to figure out why all these girls want to bang their dads. Well, we'll, we'll see that his, his methods, he, this might all be playing into his methods later on in the film. I think so. He's got a hidden agenda. So Vivica notes that wanton woman, or sorry, that wanton girl. Yeah. She wasn't even ashamed. She smiled at me with her evil, sinister <laughs> grin. Uh, it's noted that the girl's name is Marie. Oh, yeah. So Marie drags Vivica over toward Don, who's uh, laying naked on the carpet. Therapist asks, how did you feel when you saw her naked body? Vivica says, strangely enough, I was curious and slightly interested. Mm-hmm. I noted that at this point, Marie seems more interested than Vivica than Don. Uh, more interested in Vivica than Don. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's uh, so ther- the therapist asked if she was repulsed by the thoughts of lesbianism. Marie undressed Vivica, and Vivica notes, "It was my fault for joining them." Vivica, she's talking about this hints at being more interested in Marie than Don, and. This seems to be weighing on her, as we'll see as this continues. Don finally gets up and seems dejected as he kind of walks away, and but watches. <laughs> Vivica says, Doctor, I'm a lesbian. Can you cure me? <laughs> so we start getting into one of the meaty parts of the uh, yeah. film here, which is that Vivica is having these uh, lesbian thoughts, and it seems to be putting a lot of anxiety into her. Yeah. She wants a cure. So somehow, uh, Don seems upset with Vivica for her and Marie making out, even though Vivica just came home and found Marie and Don having sex. Yeah, he's not, uh, he's not a very good guy basically no not really he's kind of a he's kind of a dick even later um i think it's pretty funny when they start pushing him away they're like get the fuck yeah (laughs) stay out you're not invited to this anymore uh which is cool so vivica then compares her situation with marie to uh her experience with hans Mm -hmm. she says that marie was the exact opposite and very gentle so we see marie kissing all over vivica uh and vivica asks the therapist is desire for another woman wrong there's uh marie and vivica start uh fooling around marie goes down on vivica and then they 69 (laughs) I made some notes here. Uh, some shots, they're clearly not doing it. One closer shot of Marie uh, 
touching and uh, kissing uh, Vivica's vagina. She's like 50% doing it. Yeah, I think uh, there's maybe a scene later where someone's supposed to be licking some nipples, but they're just like very gently tonguing them. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Marie's licking Vivica's leg at one point uh, while gently touching her vagina and butthole. Oh, yeah. Um, she notes that she achieved an orgasm better with Marie than she had with Don, and then she set out to get Marie off. When it was over, she felt love. Yeah. But I also felt I had performed an unnatural act. Did I, Doctor? So again, Marie, or uh, Vivica, rather, is having all these very, uh, uh, judgmental thoughts about her acts here. Yeah, she's the... Very morally conflicted, which uh, I guess fits in with the time frame pretty yeah. well, you know. 1971 is one of those, well, it's one of those. Yeah. It's it's at a time in history where perhaps this is looked down on a little bit more than it would be in 2020. Yeah, yeah. it reads a lot more like she's confessing to like a priest than going to uh, therapy Yeah, a lot of the times. Um So, after they finish having sex, Marie and Vivica make out on the floor. Afterwards, they shower together. Um, Vivica talks about how sometimes when she was little, her mother would shower with her, and uh, she'd wash her. She compares this to showering playfully with Marie. Uh, She also clarifies after having sex, she no longer felt that Marie was sinister like she did when she first saw her. Um, she says, all her sins seem to be washed away. So they lather each other up and go to town. Lots of titty rubbing, I've noted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Grinding against each other and kissing. Is this in the shower? Uh, yes. Okay, yeah, it's dry. It's all dry. A lot of dry soap rubbing. Yeah. So Vivica tells the therapist she felt different after Marie left and that uh, she was behaving abnormally her sexual gratification was an illusion because she didn't love marie but couldn't explain the happiness she felt when she saw don next he told her she had acted shamefully and needed to make it up to him which is so bizarre again because don was the one screwing around to begin with yeah he's definitely he's got he's doing some psychological manipulation on her um, the yes. next week, Don invited her to a party, and we see them showing up. Again, one of these rare occasions where Don's wearing clothes. Right. Was he naked when he confronted her? I don't <laughs> think they actually showed that. They but didn't he... show that, but I bet he was. Yeah, he, she just come out of the shower, and he's just standing there naked. Yeah. And he's like, I'm really ashamed of you. You're a sinner. You're an abomination. <laughs> um, you know, it's supposed to be Adam and Eve, not... Adam and Eva. (laughs) (laughs) Or Eve and Eva, you know. We'll figure it out. We'll workshop it. Cut! Okay, so uh, anyway. (laughs) What's the female version of Adam? Wanda? (laughs) Not not Wanda and Eve. Adam and Eve, not Wanda and Eve. I don't like it. I don't know. I don't think we need to to figure it out, really. We'll workshop it later. We don't need to workshop hate speech. <laughs> okay, I guess not. Um, so, 
Uh, Vivica notes, for a while I thought we would be happy. So Don and Vivica sit down on the couch and start to make out. And then another woman walks over, uh, Linda, Mm -hmm. and holds Vivica's hand before standing up with her. They dance together, and she says she was attracted to her, and Don was almost immediately forgotten. So Don dejectedly starts to smoke a cigarette while glaring at the ladies. Again, real uh, bundle of sunshine. Yeah. So Vivica and Linda start tongue kissing. All I wanted to do was get into bed with this girl. So they go into another room, and Linda starts undressing Vivica. Uh, Meanwhile, we cut back to Dawn in the living room, who's watching a topless belly dancer who spins into the frame, (laughs) which I thought was amusing. Yeah. And then we get a weird sitar-type track playing. A little raga for the belly dance. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we cut back to Linda and Vivica. Linda pulls off Vivica's panties and kisses on her while she's still dressed. Uh, quick cut back to Dawn for two seconds, and then back to the girls, then back to Dawn for like ten seconds. So we're getting kind of a back and forth between the scene of Linda and Vivica mm-hmm. and Dawn and this belly dancer. Yeah. So um, Dawn's hands start wandering under the belly dancer's skirt. Linda and Vivica make out more. Dawn's licking bush and starting to finger, and she's still dancing. While the belly dancer is still dancing, he sucks on some nipples. Meanwhile, the girls are 69ing. Uh, Dawn finished stripping the belly dancer, rubs her body up and down, and she sits in his lap, and he fingers and rubs her breasts. So the girls are still 69ing as they cut back and forth. I made a note that the music changes again, this time to farty jazz. <laughs> Uh, to clarify, I think farty jazz just means that like it's it's kind of bass heavy jazz, but because the music's just distorted in the background, it just it's comes that, out all farty. Uh, it's got that yeah, that stomach ache rumble to it. Right, Don's going down on the belly dancer. Uh, this at this point it seems kind of legitimate uh, oral sex here mm-hmm. versus the very fake stuff that we've been seeing. Uh, belly dancer gets on top of Don and starts to ride him. Uh, we're continuing to go back and forth with Linda and uh, Vivica in the other room. Uh, made a note that the sex scenes and Don's sex scene are very unconvincing. Mm-hmm. The girls continue going at it. And then finally, uh, well not finally, but at this point we progress to the point where the belly dancer actually starts blowing Don for real. Oh yeah, the one hardcore scene. Do a quick aside on the belly dancer. She's played by Arlana Blue, and she's also in Blood Sucking Freaks. Oh. Yeah. If you haven't seen Blood Sucking Freaks, it's not a porno film, but it's a classic of American sleaze. Definitely check it out if you get the chance. Yeah, it's uh, bananas. Yeah. I think that's the best description. Yeah. All right. Uh, so then Don starts uh, having sex with the belly dancer doggy style. Mm-hmm. We cut back to Vivica and Linda. Vivica starts going down on Linda and notes, I wanted to give as well as receive. In the other scene, Don is hooting while he bangs the belly dancer. I remember that. That was bizarre. (laughs) (laughs) And then after getting Linda off, Vivica says, I had given pleasure to another person. I was the antithesis of Hans. 
So again, going back to the Han situation. Yeah, getting very, uh, using a lot of $5 words, antithesis. She says, can there be any connection between the time Hans raped me and my lust for women? Linda gave Vivica a key to her apartment to use whenever she felt like it, which is a strange decision, but hey, okay. Yeah, she's um, she's just at home, rocking out to since you've been gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we get a, another flashback scene. This time Linda's in bed brushing her hair and reading a magazine in her bra and panties. Linda starts rubbing her crotch with the f- hairbrush yeah. and then slides the handle into her panties. Then she takes off her bra and rubs her nipples with the brush handle. Then she takes off her panties. And then she starts to penetrate herself with the brush handle. So at this point, Vivica walks in Mm -hmm. because she has her key to Linda's apartment. Yes. And they make out. So then the therapist asks one of his loaded weird questions. Did you always think of, of her when having sex referring to her mother? Yeah. Uh, and Vivica's response is, yes, no, all I wanted to do was give pleasure to another human being. So again, we're doing, uh, you know, page one Freud here. Mm -hmm, Right. Vivica undresses and the girls make out and start touching each other. Vivica rubs Linda's vagina while Linda rubs her own breasts. Linda's foot keeps getting in front of the camera out of focus in one of the shots. Uh, I thought that was amusing. Yeah. Because uh, it just kind of blocks out what you're seeing in the shot and it's totally out of focus. And just <laughs> one of those shots that if you had another shot, you definitely would choose that over that shot. Yeah, but I think a lot of this was done in just one take. Yeah, this is, you know, again... On the cheap. She's making it for a few thousand dollars in 1971 and doing almost everything herself. Yeah. So, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, Become a pioneer. I can say from doing the 48-hour film festival that when uh, when time is constrained and you've only got a certain number of shots, sometimes you get some blurry shit in your film. Yeah, that's true. We cut back to the therapist. He says he's going to give her some... Very unorthodox therapy. And it is. He says, just relax. Think of me as a man, not as a doctor. I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say, if your doctor ever says, think of me as a man, not as a doctor, you should leave. Yeah, you should find a different doctor. Call your own provider and get a new PHP, primary Uh, health care provider there. Yeah, um, so the doctor walks over and starts kissing Vivica. Uh, he grabs her boobs through the shirt, then pulls away her skirt, and then pulls off her sweater. Now, he seemed to be having a lot of trouble trying to pull her sweater off. Yeah, he almost pulls her wig off at one point. You see her grab <laughs> onto it and just kind of latch while he yanks it over her head. She ends up finishing pulling it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctor says, you know, in his uh, very wise, educated manner. Yeah. Remember, Vivica, I'm doing this for you. Just consider yourself my patient and leave everything in my hands. I think by having sex with me, I can shock you out of your lesbian tendencies. I often do this with some of my female patients, and it really works quite well. I'm not going to hurt you. Don't worry. 
Uh, I noticed she seems very neutral on this idea. Yeah. She definitely has no enthusiasm, but she's not, like, protesting, really. Yeah. I don't think it's consensual, I'm going to say. Yeah, I would say that in the... uh, in the 2010 rule book for consent, this would not apply. No, this would not fly. They could put this like in training films, probably for yeah. like doctors and be like, "Don't do any of this." <laughs> They're gonna make them watch this film start to finish and just be like, "Don't do any of this." This is day one training stuff, people. Uh, so he starts going down on her. His face completely buried there. Uh, and then he mounts her and she's not really into it. No. And then she pulls the doctor's head up and sees Linda, uh, in his place. And then she smiles and pulls him towards her. Now she's really into it. Vivica says, Linda, oh, Linda, I love you. As he humps away. I noted that this sex is quite unconvincing. Mm-hmm. And then it fades out and we are at the end of this film. Yes. Uh... A trauma denial at the end there. Just kind of uh, disassociating away and thinking of her lesbian lover instead of the horror that is being enacted upon her. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to pee real quick. All right, so, uh, yep. Please, doctor, you must help me. I'll do anything you say to overcome these sexual drives. Very well, Vivica. I'm going to try some very unorthodox therapy. Now, you just relax. Think of me as a man, not a doctor. Altar of Lust was released on DVD back in March of 2014 by Vinegar Syndrome as part of their Picarama line of uh, adult double features. Uh, it's on a disc alongside one of Roberta Finley's other films, Angel on Fire. As is the new tradition here, I'm going to go ahead and pass the baton to you for the review segment. Okay. I thought this was an exceptionally bizarre little film uh in its way there's not really much of a not a pretty heavy duty plot to it um yeah you know there's not as many twists and turns as some of the other things we've discussed but you know i liked it i like uh i like the trashiness of the whole thing overall i would say it's obviously pretty low budget um expense was spared (laughs) Uh, I like the overdubbing. I like the idea that I'm supposed to buy this Swedish nymphette being voiced by uh, this, like, 30-something-year-old. She was, uh, her background's Hungarian-Jewish. Hungarian-Jewish from New York. Uh, Very different accent, very different uh, cultures. But, you know, she makes it work. Right. Um... I liked a lot of the camera work during the sex scenes. I thought it was pretty, uh, since they weren't showing a whole lot, there was a lot of nice, like, focus changes on different things. Um, at certain scenes, some of them you got a lot of, you know, Hans or uh, Harry Reams' ass just kind of bouncing in your face for three or four, five minutes at a time. Right. I love the music. Yeah. Obviously, we spent quite a bit of time on that. Uh, what else happened? Uh, you know, pretty cheaply uh, done film. I like that it probably was definitely made more for, like, the cheap porn theater audience than uh, something like, 
even Deep Throat like a year later that was playing in a lot of mainstream cinemas. Right. Because uh, the way it's set up and uh, where they go, you know, back and forth between the between Vivica and her psychiatrist and the sex scenes, they reiterate the plot basically every time they go back to that. That's true. Um, so you could just kind of wander in off the street or wander in from seeing some other little short film and kind of get like, if you were there trying to figure it out and not just jack off and wander away, um, you'd be able to keep up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's, uh, that's something to be said here. Yeah. Um, you know, overall, as a film, this isn't a great film by any means. Um, there's a lot of... There are several things that make this film interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I appreciated things like the music, as you said. Um, the exploitation film fan in me really just appreciates the wackiness of the whole doctor's situation yeah. here. The therapist with his twisted view on psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one of the things that we see a lot in these sort of uh, uh, exploitation type films is... Uh, very very rudimentary understandings of various things that they try to exploit for these uh right films films yes that's the word i was looking for films thank you yeah the the fact that really if you uh take a step back from all the details of it at the end of the day all this is about is a doctor uh, trying to bang his patient and then successfully making her think that it's a good idea or at least an okay to try idea. Yeah, it's uh, it's really it seems to be pretty successful for him. He said he does it for some of his female patients, so I guess that uh, uh, at least he at he least, at least said that he at least said that. I don't know how trustworthy he is. You're right. I shouldn't take um, anything he says for <laughs> granted. He's a liar. He doesn't seem like a uh, real bastion of uh, moral uh, high ground. Yeah, I don't know. Where do you think she like, heard of him from? I don't know. She like, just found him in some like Greenwich, Greenwich Village like newspaper. She was just wandering around a building and walked into his office. He was just out there with the sandwich board that said sex therapist. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she was wandering around and he was like... Uh, do you have insurance? And she was like, no. And he was like, great, great. That's fine. Yeah. Have you, uh, been the victim of incest? Yes. Come on in. I've got a revolutionary new technique. I want to try on you. It'll yes. solve all your problems, especially if your problem was being raped and becoming a lesbian. Uh, I will say that when it comes to the adult, uh, film sphere, Solving problems with Dick is uh, a common theme That's that gets go that go we go back to even into the video generation until today. Yeah, definitely. Can't sell a person a house. Use your dick. That's like, right. There's that's right. There's there's house hunters kind of porn out there. I don't watch it because that seems boring <laughs> to me. But you know, sometimes I scroll past the little thumbnails and it's like oh this fake realtor is getting nailed again watch her <laughs> sell a dream home <laughs> i like the idea that it's like a like one of the hour-long house hunter shows that's on like uh the 
uh, Home and Gardens Network and yeah. stuff. Uh, but you know, it's it's like a whole hour long. But like at the end, the uh, couple just bangs the realtor. Yeah. Hopefully, the Pretty couple, much. not just that's a the, guy. That's the closer. That's what they call the closer. Oh on yeah, that show. the close. I know yeah. when I closed on my house, um, we went into an office and I signed literally probably like fifty to a hundred pieces of paper, and. They just very quickly went through and says, uh, this says this. And I'm like, uh, okay, I guess, and shrugged my shoulders and signed it. So, um, But at no point did I get a chance to have sex with my realtor. Yeah. But my realtor was also a dude, and uh, he drove a giant truck. He probably wasn't into you then. Probably not. Um, but I think really, if you're going to bang someone, you know the first time you go on like the open house tour. Probably. Yeah, you know it's gonna, it's coming. Right. Yeah, you just let, and from there you just let the tension build up until the closing. I think that it's probably like that with, uh, with dating in general. You kind of have a good idea on the first date whether or not something's gonna go somewhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, not that, uh, women home are, searching is Women like, are property, you heard it here first on the raincoat report. Uh... <laughs> I don't think that's what I said. It's basically what he said. Go back and listen to it. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, there, was, there wasn't a lot of sexual tension with our realtor, but from what the internet tells me, there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Cabbies, realtors. Oh, yeah, the cabbies for sure. Yeah. Really any profession. Um, Lots of plumbers and cable guys and pizza yeah. men. Big sausage pizza. Yeah, a lot of like... Uh, it's like any of those transactional jobs. You can just change money with your body and it will usually go down. Yeah. Just about the same. More or less. Yeah. Going back to Altar of Lust. Yeah. As we uh, dial it back here uh-huh. and wrap things up. Overall, my feelings were incredibly middling, I'd say, about this film. Yeah. Um, I would say that as far as eroticism is concerned, it was... Pretty low on the spectrum. It's probably about a three out of ten on the eroticism. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and ten of ten on dubbing. Yeah. Eleven of ten on the music. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it was soft core, mm-hmm. it also is. While while this is definitely well within the realm of exploitation films, uh, it was not as exploitative as it could have been. Uh, again, the producer at the time. Uh, was not into doing hardcore films, so that's kind of why it played out the way that it did. Held them back. Could have been, they could have been deep, Ultra Lust could have been deep throat. Could have been, but if it's he, not. Too squeamish. And well, we see how this all played out. History is written by the winners. Talk to you next episode. So, uh, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's a, there's enough entertainment, and particularly the voiceovers really won me over and the weird psychology but um the the movie dragged a bit during the sex scenes because the Mm -hmm. sex scenes weren't very erotic but everyone every time that i that i started to think that maybe it was going to start getting boring there was something just weird that happened that drew me back in so um you know we're not looking at the production values of a dixie ray hollywood star or anything like that Mm -hmm. or even like you mentioned, Deep Throat. 
But uh, we got something that was at least entertaining start to finish for me. And, uh, you know, I'll take that for what it's worth. Yeah, sometimes that's what you get. Peace out. All right. So like to uh, thank everybody for listening here. Uh, help mm-hmm. us keep 42nd Street alive and don't forget your raincoat. Yeah. Those are our taglines now. Yes. That's, Goodbye. Yes. Yes. <laughs>